Hello, and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world 101 level. I'm your host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Let me tell you, if you have been feeling at all stuck lately, or maybe had increased issues of procrastination like I have, or maybe just your energy is a bit off and you're not sure why, then you're going to love the woman I'm interviewing today. She is a rapid life and energy coach. She works with removing those conflicting mind-body energy blocks that hold us all back. Whether we are aware of it or not, it makes a big difference in our life. She's worked with celebrities and professional athletes from all around the world. She's done a phenomenal TED Talk. I've watched it a few times. Let me tell you, every time I'm so moved. She also does VIP one-on-one coaching. So I could go on and on about her. Obviously, I'm crushing on her for very good reason. She's that awesome. (laughs) So before I go any further, let me introduce you to a name you're going to want to remember if you don't know it already, Dr. Brandy Gilmore. Welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, Brandy. It is such a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And I have to say, I just, I, I adore you. The moment that we connected, you just, you have wonderful energy. So I, I'm, I love, um, I love being here. So thank you. Thank you. I felt the same way. You know, we do the little um, introduction phone call before the show. I always base it on energy. <laughs> I was like, okay, I like her voice. I like her energy. I feel like we could talk for a very long time and probably, um, collaborate on something at some point. <laughs> right. I think we did. We were like, oh, this is a short intro call. And we're like, oh my God, what are you doing in this? It was, yeah, it was, it was great. So wonderful to be here. So I'm in Washington, DC currently. I'm not in Turkey. Like I thought I would be. Brandy is in California. We're doing this via zoom. So hang in there with any sound quality. And I'm lucky I get to see her. I get to see her bright, shining face. But I'm Likewise. Sure, <laughs> thank you. I'm sure it resonates, though, in the voice over the airwaves. So, Brandy, tell us a little bit about, um, tell us about what you do, why people Absolutely. should care, your story. Tell us everything. Tell us everything. <laughs> tell us everything. Yeah. <laughs> All I want to know is everything. Yeah. Um, awesome. You know, like what I do, honestly, is literally the last thing that I ever thought I was, would ever be doing. Um, I used to do network engineering operations, was very much in the corporate world, the analytical, all of that. Um, I was injured, wheelchair walker, cane, um, and basically doctors told me there was nothing they could do for me. And I was a, a train wreck. I mean, on a good day, I could get around with a walker or a wheelchair and on a bad day, I didn't make it out of bed. Um, that was my life for about seven years, almost um, on morphine every day. I was, I was a mess. And uh, when they said there was nothing I could do, I, I didn't like that answer. And so it just made me look outside the box. Yeah. Meanwhile, you went through this for years, right? Like it was yeah. several years that you were wheelchair bound or in extreme pain on a daily basis. Yeah, almost seven years. And so I was on morphine every day. I was getting uh, nerve ablations, infusions, injections. I mean, I was literally trying everything, every diet, every supplement, um, everything I could find. Cause it just, you know, you know how it is. You start to looking further and further outside of the box. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I did. And when I, what happened is I started looking at everything and I started realizing a lot of things that we're doing don't make sense. And so basically 
long story short, you know, I was like, you know, just hoping that the doctors would find something new. So I would go in and I would see an entire team of doctors at top level hospitals where there's three, four, five doctors coming in to make a plan. And, and basically I got introduced to this research study and I thought, you know, I, I finally got included and, and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get my life back. And, you know, that's what you always hope is that somebody will discover something new and you'll heal. And so at the time I thought, oh my God, like, this is it. I'm, I'm actually going to get my life back. And so the day came for the study. And um, I remember like, I, I just felt like I was going to the hospital to get my life back. And so they, they wheeled me in, in my wheelchair and I got there and it basically a long story short, after they got me hooked up to all, you know, monitoring my vitals and, and hooked up to all the machines, I was literally laying there thinking about what it's going to be like to get my life back and all the people I want to see and the things I want to do. And the doctor, he came in and he said, you know, uh, Ms. Gilmore, we don't actually expect you, you're going to get better. You can't be a part of the study. And I just... I mean, I, I, I hit rock bottom, uh, probably again <laughs> during my injury. And I don't remember leaving the hospital that day. I don't remember what happened the next few days, but the next memory I have, I didn't even want to live. I was just laying there and I was like, what's, what's the point? I can't live like this. And then I had like this voice or this thought in my head that was like, well, Brandy, what about the placebo? And I was like, wait a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, there's a known fact that our minds do somehow have the ability to heal our body. And if I could just figure it out, I could have a chance of getting better. And it just took me on this amazing journey. I did meditation for years and, and visualization and, and mantras and affirmations and all that stuff. And it, it didn't work. And that's when I started looking at really looking at the mind-body connection and really looking at emotions and really going, okay, just meditating in the binaural beats and the phantom frequencies and the theta state and all these things are great, but it's not working. And I've been doing this for years. What else do I need to do? And that's what made me really start to get specific with the mind. I think it's important to point out here, actually a couple of things. One is just remember um, on this pod podcast that we are not giving medical advice that um, take this for entertainment value. Uh, I, there's a lot of value to this beyond entertainment, of course, but don't take anything we say as medical advice. Do your own research. That said, there's so much legitimacy to what we're Can talking I, about. Totally. What I always tell people is this, is I always say, first and foremost, you're the power. Um, and the other thing I also say is sometimes people will want to avoid seeing their doctors. And I'm like, Never stop seeing your doctor. Your goal should, should be to blow your doctor's mind with what you're capable of <laughs> with your mind. And I see that all of the time where people like they, they do work on the mind body connection. And then their doctor's like, wow. Like, I, I mean, I worked with a, a woman who was literally scheduled for surgery the next day for a tumor she had in her throat. And we worked with the mind body connection and her tumor went away. And the ENT the next day, because they had just taken an MRI, like a pre-op MRI, and they just took the MRI and they showed it five millimeters. And then they, she showed up for surgery the next day and it was gone. And, and he was like, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, I'm not healing her. I'm just showing her how to use her own mind. And she did it. And, and so, but that's what I always tell people is, yeah, like 
don't avoid your doctors, don't avoid things. And that's what I did even in my own life. I was, you know, I was on medication. I was on morphine for you. I was doing all of the things. And then I was like, but, but it wasn't working and I had no hope. And that's when I uh, really started to go outside of the box. And there's tens of thousands more, more than that, of cases like this all around the world of this type of healing. I know you've said spontaneous remission type of stories where things just happen because the mind's ability to heal. Um, but I also think it's important, something you said about how for you personally, the meditation and the mantras, and it just wasn't working. And it wasn't working for you. It might help relieve a little anxiety, maybe. It might help for other people. But there's so many different types of healing modalities out there. And we also are, it, our mind is so powerful that it, if anybody who's listening out there has tried things and it didn't work, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't work the next time. It what, doesn't mean that there is not like a new way to focus your mind. So I just think that's really important to point out because some people, um, they're like, oh, I can't meditate. I can't clear my mind. It's not going to do anything anyway. Or they hear something about a guided visualization for deep healing. And they're like, oh, well, that is not going to work because I tried A, B, and C 10 years ago. It's like, no, one size doesn't yeah, fit I, all. Stick exactly. with it. Stick with I, it. Yeah. And I got to yeah. say, I think as far as guided, see, I think guided meditation, guided ways of using your mind in a different way, as long as you're creating different feelings is what's really important. And yeah. this is the way that I look at it is this, is that when I was looking at, okay, trying to understand the placebo and the mind and all of that, there were th some things that I came across. For example, people with multiple personality disorder can have different ailments when they're in different personalities. They can have pain in one and not in another, blind in one personality, not in another personality, asthma, allergies. And I was like, WTF, this does not make sense. This is humanly impossible for somebody to have asthma in one and not in another. What else is going on? And, and that's when I started looking at emotions. And, and you know, because I had an accident, I had two car, I had a, a two accidents. I had a car accident and then a fall. I thought mine definitely can't be from emotions. That's ridiculous. And yet when I started looking at everything, it was like, and it was kind of pointing at the idea of emotions. And I grew up where, I mean, I, I saw my mother cry like once in my life. Emotions were not a thing in our family. Like I worked in corporate world. You leave your emotions at the door. I was not a quote unquote emotional person. I considered myself happy. Um, and so it, emotions didn't make logical sense to me, but I was like, okay, well, let me start looking at this. And I started going, okay, well, how can emotions really affect the physical body? And I started looking at things like, okay, well, if somebody's embarrassed, their face turns red or nervous stomach or sexual thoughts, sexual <laughs> physical response, different for men and women, but it's there and it's based off an emotional feeling. And I was like, okay, yep, we know that. That's basic stuff. Even emojis know that. And then you start looking at it and you go, wait a second, but emotions also, there's like the widowhood effect where a senior loses a spouse and can actually die, or an infant who doesn't get enough love and connection, or even broken heart syndrome, or even bored to death and scared to death. Like before I started researching, I thought bored to death was just a figure of speech. You know, when somebody says, I was so bored to death. And actually boredom has actually been linked to higher rates of death. And, and so it was interesting when I started looking at all these emotions and I thought, well, what about the rest of the emotions? that are 
impacting our physical body. Like, I mean, it doesn't make sense that embarrassed and nervous stomach and, and sexual thought and, and widowhood effect and broken heart syndrome, but anger or abandonment or resentment, what are those emotions doing? And so I started looking at more specifically on that. Now, what's interesting is finally last year, just last year, they, um, there's, I saw the first medical study and it was for type two diabetes. And they started linking up loneliness to type two diabetes. And so there's starting to be little sprinkles yep. of, yeah. And so, so but that's basically what I did is I started saying, okay, well, obviously we can see it's different. Like somebody embarrassed is different than a panic attack is different than a sexual thought. And if it was all the same thing and it was all mixed, I mean, that would make procreation really challenging um, to say the <laughs> least. So, very uh, true. <laughs> very true, right? You, you wouldn't know if you're having a panic attack or a baby, you know? Just, <laughs> so, but it's very, it's very consistent. And so that's what I really started looking at is the meditations, the visualizations, the all the things with the mind, the mantras, the, all those things can be great if it's really specific to the emotion. So kind of like if somebody's feeling a panic attack and then they're working on um, embarrassed when it has nothing to do with one another, that's not going to help their panic attacks. And so what I began to realize was that, was that it was really about um, starting to under what understand what specific emotions. That's really interesting. You know, I talk a lot about law of attraction on this show as well, because I'm a huge believer in law of attraction. And this is another way of saying that right? This is a physiological response. Okay. Can I say how much I love that? Yeah. I love that. And I love what you're saying. And this is okay. So this is how I see it spiritually is exactly like this is that let's say that I work with somebody like who has been feeling criticism in their life. Right. And the criticism is linked to the pain. Now, if you think about law of attraction, the emotions breed more of the same. So somebody who's feeling criticized, attracts more patterns of feeling criticized and criticized and criticized in their life. Absolutely. So really what's happening with illness is that the body's giving us the most important message that we need to know, like a check engine light. It's like criticism, eek, you need to change this emotion. And so when we do change that specific pattern, we also change our lives. And so to me, it's, it's, um, it's beautiful because I mean, imagine if somebody has that emotion of criticism and they keep it for the next 50 years and it's connected to their pain. Well, how does their life go compared to if they go, oh, I have this pain and it's connected to criticism and I'm gonna change this instead to feeling confident and feeling like everybody's complimentary. And how does their life go compared to the next 50 years of what they're able to do and how they feel and what they're able to accomplish compared to feeling criticized. I mean, it's life-changing. That's so, interesting. You've said like what we do with our mind can change our entire life, right? I love when you say that what we can do with our mind can change our entire life. So let's use this example that you just gave of somebody who has pain and it's tied in with criticism. They feel criticized. They just feel whatever the shame that comes from that or the low self-esteem, whatever it is that comes from this criticism, these low vibrating feelings that is tied to their pain. So you're going to work with them and you're going to start switching their mindset from criticism to tell us a little bit, like how you would start with this type of person, this particular patient. You know, okay. So 
first and foremost, what I would like for people to do is number one is always go into the positive. Because a lot of people, that what they do is they go, oh, I, I have this pattern of criticism. Then the second thing they think is, where did it come from? Oh, it was from my mom or my dad. Okay. Now, if they're already feeling that pattern and then they go into more of the same and then they think about it and they feel criticized and everything else, then they're increasing it. So I've seen people before who want to go in more and more into the emotion. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. If it's criticism, first and foremost, decide how you want to feel. So first, okay, identified criticism. That's the problem. All right. First, give your brain something new. So start picturing your life is amazing and people are complimenting you and you're feeling confident and it feels so freaking good. And take in the new feeling and start embodying what that feels like. Get your nervous system used to that because a lot of times what can happen is that things start in childhood and people don't know any differently. It's like they don't right. know what it feels like to not be criticized, right? Imprint young. So the listeners of this show are pretty awake. People are pretty in already into this type of thing. We understand the mind's ability to heal. We understand the chakras. Maybe something that somebody said to you as a kid got stuck when you're five years old in your root chakra and now you don't feel connected or your voice, right? In your throat chakra. Somebody said, you should be seen and not heard and they stifle you and they don't care about your opinion. And then all of a sudden you can't, you know, you in here as so we can clear that, but also coming from your perspective, it's like, oh, okay. Somebody was told, you should be seen and not heard and they're all beaten down and they feel like their voice doesn't matter and they get thyroid cancer. <laughs> yeah, it's always connected to something. Right. So this yeah, is another type of healing modality. Yeah, so it's exactly. So it's all about just understanding what that emotional pattern is because like even in traditional psychology, we can see that emotions breed more of the same. So we could call it, a, a, you know, um, it's law of attraction, attraction. <laughs> but we could also call it a woman who has an abusive father who leaves him and finds the abusive yeah. boyfriend, but you know, that pattern unfortunately continues. So yeah. So it's exactly that. It's like those patterns of energy, or we could look at it and say it in a little bit more of a technical way. And we could say neurons are firing. And when neurons fire, they release biophotons and biophotons are a form of energy. And so some people would say yeah. we have an aura around us and, you know, science would say, I don't know what an aura is, but there are biophotons, which is <laughs> photons are, uh, you know, photons are particles of light. Yeah. And so, uh, so absolutely. And this information is just, it's, it's, it powerfully communicates information throughout your body and, and your cells. And so ultimately um, what I'd have somebody do is start changing that. And just from bringing in the positive and even just starting to bring in the positive and feel it, I have taken people back to back under thermal medical equipment. So you can actually like, you can see it where somebody is um, experiencing like neck pain. Um, and are you familiar with thermography? I am. And for anybody listening, who's not, I will put a link to your Ted talk on YouTube in the show notes. So anybody can watch this because she does show these images in her Ted talk where you can actually see the photograph, the scientific photograph she's talking about that's red that switches over to green within a matter of not even minutes, like barely minutes. So anybody who's interested, who's not familiar, there'll be a link in the show notes, just scroll down below and you can click on it. <laughs> so yeah, so go ahead and explain. Perfect. It's, yeah. it's so amazing to see because it's like somebody can experience neck pain. And then as soon as they really start programming in that positive and starting to shift that feeling, you'll see that scan 
turn from red to green as their pain goes away. And, um, and not because I'm so amazing, but because we are all truly amazing beings. I love when science backs up these type of things. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've seen the same kind of scans with people who go into deep meditation when they um, are doing this, the imaging of their brain, right? Default mode, yeah. And you can see the left and the right, like the left analytical and the right more like, you know, artsy, whatever, creative. You can see it swap. You can see the energy like transferring over and it becomes more balanced, which is why we feel good when we meditate too. Part of the reason is because we come into balance. I love when it shows that. Um, you were talking about some studies. There is one, I think that's really interesting that I like to give an example to back this up. And it was in an American journal of psychology, but they took two groups of college age athletes, broke them into two groups. You may be familiar with this one. And one worked out with a trainer three times a week. They did strength training and cardio. The other group of athletes never touched a weight, were not allowed to work out at all for the entire month, but they worked with a hypnotherapist who took them through this workout three times a week. At the end of the month, the group that never, or that the group that worked with the weights had like a 27% increase in muscle mass and strength. The group that never touched a weight, like never, never did nothing, had a 24% increase in muscle mass. And they never did anything. They just did the workout in their mind. And right. I love when these happen. Never mind, like placebo, of course, we're all familiar with placebo, but there's mm -hmm. so many really powerful things that our mind can do if we're just taught how to do it. If exactly. We're just taught, you know, because we all have the ability. Absolutely. You know, Michael Phelps, the most swimmer. decorated swimmer. Yeah. yeah. He talks even about using the power of his mind to, to like visualize winning and picturing that. And, and, and so the thing of it is, is, is a lot of times people will see working with the mind as being something extra. But when you really think about top athletes, top achievers, a lot of times there is some type of mind work in there. And it's, um, and so, you know, even you mentioned meditating and feeling good afterwards and, you know, to work on the feeling itself, let's say somebody did meditate. And then afterwards, let's say they specifically brought in that feeling of feeling really, really good that can be a great time to do it. And even, you know, we were talking about earlier about guided meditations and things like that. I think some people will use meditations to kind of check out a little bit and other people will use meditations to feel better and to really, uh, you know, and when you're using a meditation that makes you feel more happy, more positive, that's what you want to make sure to do is whatever you're working with your mind is not to check out, but to, to really feel that. So that could be a great, a great way to, to even elevate even more. Go ahead. So give us an example as well. So the person who had the, this neck pain, I think that's what was in the, the photograph, right? And within a matter of minutes, we're able to alleviate her pain and you can see it went from red to green what were you doing? Like, how did that happen? What were you, were you talking to her? Were you touching her? Walk us through what was going on in those few minutes. First thing I had to do was I had her picture what it was that she was wanting. Now I got to be honest with you. I literally, I mean, even today so far, I've probably taken eight people and coached them to get out of pain. So I don't remember what her exact ones were. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was okay. Picture this is how you want it to go. And then let's say it was somebody with criticism. 
Okay, picture yourself walking around feeling proud to be who you are and everybody's being nice to you and it feels really good. What does that feel like? Take that feeling in. Now, notice this feeling of criticism that you have. Do you really want to hold on to that? I mean, knowing that law of attraction, it's going to breed more and more and more of the same. Do you really want to hold on to that or could you let it go? And so it's about bringing in the positive and then also having the person release the negative. Now, what I could also do is there is a video that I have of exactly that. That's like 10 minutes long. And I can give you that as a link that you Wonderful. can put on the bottom and people can actually see it under the thermography. So you can see it happening live. Uh, but that's, that's what I'm doing. So that would give a, a more accurate, I love to be impeccable with my words. And so I know that I don't remember hers was a couple of years ago. And so um, I don't remember the exact ones, but to, to answer the question thoroughly. Yeah, that's no, that's fair. We'll put the link in the show notes. I just, I always like people when they walk away from this podcast to feel like they learned something, something that they took away that they can use in their own life to maybe help. Is there something like that, that you could share? Um, I don't know, maybe what are something common? People commonly get like a shoulder pain or commonly get a headache. Is there something that, or maybe just being in a good mood versus a bad mood? Is there something? You know, typically it's a little bit more than the good mood versus a bad mood, yeah. but a few things. And um, I can't, I can't give away the mantra yet. Can I, we're not allowed to, am I allowed to talk a little bit about it? Uh, yeah. You but know what? Not. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. We usually give it at the end, but I don't, well, let's just jump give it away right now. We're going to hold that till the end, but we're just going <laughs> to take little pieces from This it. is just a conversation between friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so this is one thing. Okay. So there's, there's a few things and, and um, with um, bingo. So a few things that you could do is if you picture yourself walking around and let's say somebody is in their favorite place ever, like they're in, we'll just, we'll just say uh, Hawaii or, or wherever on the beach, whatever it's beautiful. Now, if somebody's feeling guilty about something, how does that feel? Low vibration. Low. Low. Exactly. So the thing of it is, is it no matter how much people work with emotions and try to work with emotions, and even when somebody's in their happiest favorite place ever, if you're feeling what I call them as NPPs, negative punishment patterns, if you're feeling those, they will keep you from accessing the positive feelings that you want to be able to access. And you won't be able, like all the time I'll have people that say, but I'm trying to bring in the positive emotions and I'm really trying to get it. And it's like, but you have these NPPs here, you have these negative punishment patterns and they will keep you from being able to access those. And so, I mean, I've seen people before who were, you know, didn't even necessarily have a physical ailment, but even depression. Um, and what happens is they'll have underlying emotional patterns of self-punishment or self-blame or guilt or uh, feeling like a bad person. And no matter what they do with those running in the subconscious mind, it feels impossible to be happy and to really lift. And what I would say is, is to make sure to address those patterns. And, um, and, and a lot of even times when people go through a really hard time in life where they're like law of attraction, God, this feels like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, terrible, like life feels more like law of destruction there where their life feels like a mess. <laughs> well, and right now, more than ever, a lot of people, it's been a long couple of years, you know, 
regardless of the economy, the state the world is in, like, I think it's, there's so many positive things coming, like the best is yet to come for sure. But there are a lot of people that have been struggling through this whole, you know, everything that's going on. I don't even like to put a name to it, but so right. I think depression is a real thing to discuss, right? It's a real thing. Absolutely. Um, Can I so, speak to this for a second? Yeah, please do. I was gonna say, continue down that path because I'm sure there's people listening who are waiting to hear what to do. <laughs> yeah, I would say part of the thing with right now is with this specific time is it when we stop and think about it, like during my lifetime, then there's been the cold war when, when the world was going to end. Then there was Y2K when the world was going to end. And there was the Mayan calendar when the world was going to end. Then there was also nine 11 and the world was going to end. And now there's co like a lot of people are feeling like, how do we ever recover from here? Is though there's so much, so many feelings of uncertainty and, um, and then the environment and the world's going to end and blah, blah. And we're still here. And um, the biggest thing I would say is, is make sure to really to not buy into all of the world, like the the doom and gloom, because for a lot of people, they're 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 stuck in that uncertainty. And when when you don't have certainty, it's hard to be happy when you're yep. also living in fear. Yeah. Turn off the news. Um, so these loops, right? So we get stuck in these negative loops or somebody's depressed and they're just feeling like, what's the point? Right? You were there, you know right? You yeah. are in that. So they want to start turning their mind to a place of gratitude, to good feeling thoughts, but that's hard when you feel well, depressed. Actually kind of tricky. Can I speak to yeah. gratitude for a moment? Yeah, I want you to. That's okay. why I bring it up again. See, gratitude can be good, but there's like a little, but, okay. So imagine for a moment, if somebody's in a feeling of feeling like a guilty person who's done something bad and they don't deserve a great life. And then they start going into, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for this. It doesn't go very well. Like it, like it goes the wrong way. And so um, again, I'm not going to say anything about the mantra. We'll wait till whenever you say it's ready, <laughs> but <laughs> just saying, we want to make sure to start shifting this. And uh, an example is like, it doesn't even have to be something valid. For, ex for example, I have a woman that I work with. He was in one of my classes who like moved away from her adult kids and her adult kids who are grown, who have partners. And she felt like she abandoned them. So like once she moved away, she got really sick because she felt bad and like she abandoned them and all these things. And it's like, but she didn't. So for her to like move away and feel like she moved away from them and have this new marriage and this great life and this great job and all this like was like terrible because Same. low yeah. vibration. Mm -hmm. Oh, shame, guilt. And so she had a very punishing, like she had a lot of health issues, major health issues, life-threatening health issues, all of these things come up. And one of them was like, honey, you're okay to like have a great life and you didn't and, and do anything wrong. And, and sometimes we can know something consciously or logically, but we also have to make sure that those, that emotional shift is, is really being in, ingrained also. And so in her case, she was, you know, law of attraction. She was not managed. It was law of destruction instead of attract. Like it was like everything was going wrong and um, keeping her from having a great life that she could otherwise have. She had all the pieces, the new marriage, the, yeah. the amazing the job. line items, check, check, check. We're working. Well, they were in the energy stuff, was, and the, the body that wasn't. 
Yeah. Well, then it created more guilt. All the line items yeah. were there. Guilt, 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 guilt. And so, um, so then the, the major health issues came. And so that was part of her thing was to get rid of that. And so um, ultimately from this, what you want to take it is making sure that even if you're punishing yourself for something that doesn't even make logical sense, then you'll want to get out of that and really embody that you are a good person and you do deserve a great life. And, and that is going to be important, an important shift. That's so true. It's so powerful that, you know, we're human. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. And when you've done things, it's in the past, it's over, it's done. Can't change. Exactly. It. You know, yeah. and that's so it's over. We're moving forward. New day, fresh day. You know, we exactly. are born to be happy. We are born to like love. We are born for good things. And if we haven't felt that, then it's up to us to figure out how to feel it. So I do think that's really, really important. Um, I feel like we've been jumping kind of all over because it's so exciting to talk about, but I really kind of want to nail down a little bit more how this healing works. So maybe for you specifically, if we talk about you're in this wheelchair, you have severe pain, you figured out the system of working, of um, cleaning up your emotions to bring in healing. How do you go from a wheelchair to running around and living your life without pain? Like, were you visualizing like the cells turning over? Were you visualizing healing light, repairing nerves? Were you, what were you doing? Were you just- Initially I was doing that and it, it didn't work. Like I was yeah. so much so that I would like focus on this book of like a perfect anatomy. And, and then I thought I, I would literally stare at it until it was like burned in my brain and then hurry up and close my eyes. Like, okay, that's going to work but it didn't. And as crazy as it sounds, it was literally looking at what is the specific emotion and shifting that. And, um, and so, you know, if somebody's embarrassed and their face turns red, okay. If they stop being embarrassed, their face stops being red, so to speak. And it was ultimately looking at how does like, basically what are the specific emotions that are connected? And also looking at that it was a couple emotions. So usually there's usually there is some type of punishment pattern in there, whether or not it makes sense. There's typically some type of punishment pattern, some guilt, some feeling bad, some feeling like undeserving, some type of something that's in there underlying that is maybe there. resentment or anger. Well, resentment, this usually there can be resentment. Um, a lot of times for things like uh, cancers, there's mm -hmm. resentment. Um, a lot of times, like if you think about the eyes, like if somebody's having a hard time uh, with their eyes, typically it's what they're seeing. Um, the head, you know, it's typically it's the way that they're thinking. Uh, sometimes it could be somebody who is, you know, feeling criticized all the time, or uh, there's other situations where people kind of think in like a ticker tape where they're just going over things over and over and over right. and over and over. Uh, that can create a problem. Um, so every emotion can show up in the body a different way. So for you, you're in this accident, which puts you in this wheelchair. Nothing's working. Medications aren't controlling the pain. There's, they're telling you you're not a good candidate for this study. A surgery is not going to help. And so you start then switching your emotions to visualize yourself happy and running around or like explain yes. that. So yeah. I, that's what I did. So basically I started picturing myself happy and healthy. And then I started looking at what emotions could it possibly be now in my, in my case um, it had to do with nine 11. So the events of September 11th, and I wasn't in New York. 
but I did, you know, network engineering operations at the time. And I worked at, um, at 5am to 2pm, which put me in the office. Wow. California when that was happening. And I was on the phone with coworkers uh, when the planes hit in New York. And so they just started screaming and help me, help me, help me. And then the phone went dead. And so there was that. And then of course, I'm not caring about me. I'm worried about them and how can I help them and feeling helpless and all these things. And so, so I was in all of that. And then what happened is it then for the next few months, you know, working in telecommunications, you have to know current events. So I was literally surrounded by TVs on every single pillar in, in that um, whole office. There was TVs on every single pillar, all sides of it. So I could literally watch on every single news station, the replay on Fox over and over again. Not only that, but are we in orange? Are we in what, what's our danger zone for blah, blah, blah. So all of this information was going into my subconscious mind. Now, what got linked up in my subconscious mind was a feeling like I was going to die and I didn't know it. (sighs) And I wasn't even concerned about myself. I was worried about these people, you know, nothing happened to me. So it didn't make sense to to me. There was both a feeling of, of um, expecting to die. And then there was also a feeling of like wanting to die to save them. Like that hero, heroine. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then there was that. And, and so both got linked up and now I didn't even know it was there. And so you might think, how did you have a feeling of expecting to die running through your body? And you didn't even know it was there. And because it was one of those things that comes up, there was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. And, um, and so I didn't really pay attention to it. But then when I started looking at it, okay, well, what emotions could be impacting me? That was something. So I just started like working on releasing um, negativity and simultaneously bringing in even more positivity. Um, And and that was uh, a game changer. Now, something else that I have people do is typically is what I call mind programming with music. And, um, you know, we've all heard about a happy playlist before, but I kind of like dialed that in very specifically. And going through my injury, like I was in a really bad place. I, I was at a place I like my mind was on autopilot wanting to exit life and um, autopilot. I mean, something would happen and I would think, oh, could I die that way? Like it was not a good thing. And so then I started listening to songs like um, like two of them at the specific time was you too. It's a beautiful day. And I got to tell you, I did not feel like it was a beautiful day, but I was working on programming my mind. It's a beautiful day. Don't let it slip away. So I was purposely bringing in different feelings to help myself to be able to access feelings that I couldn't have otherwise accessed at the time. Like for me to go from, I want to die to it's a beautiful life and it's a beautiful day. um, Like to actually make that, I needed help. And I used music to do that. Another one was Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. And because, you know, here I am in extreme pain, hurt. I'm like, okay, here's with my vision, walking on sunshine, it's going to feel good. And so I started getting that in. Now imagine somebody who's literally on forms of morphine sulfate, Norco, lidoderm, like, you know, all of these nerve ablations, (laughs) infusions, all of these things, laying in bed in extreme pain, doesn't want to move, laying there listening to walking on sunshine and it's going to feel good. Yep. That was me. It's a beautiful day. Don't let it slip away. Yeah. Okay. I love this so much because uh, you, I don't think you've probably heard a lot of my podcasts. I haven't, I don't think I've actually even mentioned this ever, 
I did the exact same thing. So did you? yeah. So I was going through chemo. I was gosh, a year into chemo skin and bones. And I was allergic to the pain medication. And so I'd had pain issues as well. And a lot of similarities here. I won't go into my story right now, but my two songs, I was in heart failure and like miserable. I had like no hair, skin and bones, like going through a divorce, like just <laughs> blah, right. Ugh. And I loved at the time it was American authors, the best day of my life. Oh my God. I like, I could show you, I recommend that song to like, I have certain songs for people and America authors, uh, American I've authors, seen them what? three times. I met Zach when my hair was like half an inch long. And then again, two years later when I had hair, like, I'm like, I'm sure he's like, who's this crazy, like groupie who's following me around. I was like, you have no idea what impact your song made on me in a time that I needed. Like, even when I was sick and had hardly any energy, I would like listen to it over and over. And sometimes get up and dance to it. Mm -hmm. you know? I love it. And the other one was happy, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. they were so overplayed at the time that my friends would be like, oh my God, I'm going to shoot myself. I don't want to hear that song again. And I'd be like, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. And it was, right? you know, I love happy that. and the best day of my life. And it was a loop on my iPad, on my telephone, like just over and over and over. And it was like, those were my personal Yes, the best yes, day of my life. And that's it. Can the, I tell you? Like I literally just my life. Last. I always tell people pick two songs. Don't because yep. then people will say, Well, let me have an entire playlist. I'm like, that's like saying, like I you know, uh, when you think about the alphabet, the alphabet song helped every single one of us learn the alphabet that much faster. Yeah. If we didn't have it, it would have taken a lot longer to get. And this is learning emotions in our nervous system. And so absolutely like those songs, and yeah. I, I love that. Our stories overlap so, so much. Yes. <laughs> I love it too. It's great. <laughs> okay. You want to know something else that happened on my journey was this. So my, so I had those songs and there were other ones that I had at specific times when I wanted to program in this or that or, or whatnot. And, um, and so another song, so basically I had these certain, certain songs. Now there's a song that I would listen to every day when I worked on walking without my cane. Mm -hmm. And so basically what happened is that because I had this music thing, um, there were people who came and put CDs into my CD player, like friends and stuff like that. And so there was this song, CD number 57, track number four. And I would use that. And I had no idea because everything was on remote. The lights were on remote. Everything was on a remote control. And I just knew this song pulled me and I had no idea the name of it. And it had no words but it just pulled me. And so every time that I would work on walking, I would walk to this song as it had this beat to it. And I would practice being at a rhythm of, you know, just trying to walk with my normal gait, all of these things. Well, fast forward seven months later, I'm more walking, happy, healthy, amazing, go to sell my house. Cause I'm like, okay, it's time to move. I've been in this house for many, many years. I'm happy, healthy, better go to sell the house. Everything's empty. I grab that last CD CD number 57, track number four, grab that, my last few clothes, jump in my car and close the garage door. And I'm saying bye to my house. And I put that CD in mm -hmm. and I go to back out of my garage and that CD comes up and it's the name of the song was She Walks in Beauty. Oh, I learned to oh. walk. To <laughs> oh, she walks in beauty for months and never knew the name of the song. And in that moment, I just lost it. I was just bawling. It was just, it was just crying this your truth. 
crying. Uh, I yeah. was so, I mean, I was like over the moon elated, but it, I think it was this feeling of knowing that the universe had been there all along with me the whole time when I had felt alone and just mm-hmm. pushing through to heal and do what I could and to lift myself and all of these things. And I'm sitting there working on walking with no cane to a song called She Walks in Beauty. That's so beautiful. <laughs> As Gabby Burns would say, the universe has your back, right? The universe has our back. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Uh, I think if we're going to take a couple things away from this, one of the, the top things I would say is feeling, right? So much of your health and well-being depends on how you feel. And that's a simple way of saying the mind-body connection. If you think you can get better, you can get better. If you can feel your way to, so feel your way to health, there's mm-hmm. something that you say that I like, and we only have a couple minutes because we have to go. We're almost yes. out of time already. I can't believe it. But you have, instead of like friends with benefits, you have feelings with benefits. <laughs> right. Right? Am I saying that right? Yes. Feelings with benefits. Yes. It's just I love thinking. that. Give us a little like elevator pitch thing on the feelings with benefits. It's just, you know, bringing in the positive law of attraction. And when you really start to understand that the energy So all of the time people are picturing they want this or they want that and they're picturing it and they're thinking about it, but emotions are what's really creating that manifesting. And so like, if you think, unfortunately of the woman with the abusive father, et cetera, et cetera, and she continues, unfortunately to manifest that relationship. It's not like she, she's wanting to visualize instead. She's picturing the falling in love with Prince Charming. Who's really, really nice, but she has those emotional patterns. And so all of the time I'll see people who are picturing what they want, but they're manifesting what they're feeling. And so emotions or feelings with benefits is really about understanding that that feeling um, has that, that energy. Feel that happiness and feel that love and that optimism and that eagerness and that joy. Mm -hmm. You're going to get all the benefits that come along with feeling that way. You're going to bring in all that yummy stuff into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and by the way, we were mentioning earlier, uh, making sure the analytical medical piece as well, you know, if we think about it, we've all heard before stress affects the physical body and that's been proven with psychoneuroimmunology. And so it's the same thing. What is stress? Stress is mm-hmm. negative emotions. And yeah. so it's just kind of taking it all to the next level and saying, okay, if stress is negative emotions, let's add positive emotions and let's do that and let's make it the best day of our life. Yeah. Change the narrative. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it. And that we can't do that. If we're having a lot of punishment patterns, it will literally keep you from being able to shift that. And so, uh, so if you have that, then there's another song by the Mowgli's that's called I'm good. And you can, it's like a a kid's song, but it's sweet. And it just says, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it's this cute little song. And you could take that in and start feeling that because, um, it, it, it's amazing how much it'll open up your emotions to, to be able to feel to the next level. It's so true. I think that's going to be a great segue into our mantra for today. Um, but before I want to say, um, again, I'm not giving away all the spoilers of her Ted talk because I want you guys to go listen to it. And I want you to check out her website, which will all be in the show notes, um, brandygilmore.com, but it'll be in the show notes. But you said when you got through it, when you healed yourself and you got through all this, that you're like, I'm going to live every day to its fullest. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share what I know about healing with others. 
Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's exactly what I would say to myself. I wasn't, I had, I wasn't remission, but I was healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't remission by Western medical standards, by my doctors through Hopkins and MD Anderson. I wasn't remission, but in my mind, I knew I was healed because I knew what I had done to get there. And I was going to work on it to keep myself there. Cause just cause you get there doesn't mean you stay there, right? You mm-hmm. got to work on it. You got to keep yourself healthy. You got to keep your vibrations high and your mind in a good place. But that's exactly what I said too. And I'll tell you my life changed once I just, I'm gonna live every day to its fullest. I'm gonna be in the now, not that every day is perfect. I'm human. I slip, especially cause I'm years out at this point, but I still remind myself I'm gonna live because we don't know tomorrow is not promised is cliche. Is that sounds, we all know it. It is true. Nothing is promised other than where you are right now. So I love when I heard you say that, I used to say the exact same thing. And I, I love that. And you know what I used to do is I started, you know, do you ever see those, those adventure things that come through like coupons for this or that? Like there was, I signed up for like things that were like, I started doing all different types of things from like going, okay, I'm going to go ride a motorcycle. Okay. I'm going to get my pilot's license. I'm going to go skydiving. Like everything that I had never done before. I was like, okay, let me go try that. Same. Did you? Yeah, I did the exact same thing. And then I bought a one-way ticket to Turkey for crying out loud and sold my house. Like I went off the deep end, but in a great way because then that opened up all these other doors. But even for me, I did have asthma. I did have chronic headaches. I was allergic to so many different kinds of animals, like all these weird things that I don't have any of that anymore. Like literally I can be around. And sometimes I test myself. I have a very good friend who's an equestrian. I like literally rub my face in her horse. I'm like, huh. I'm not having an asthma attack. <laughs> like my <nurse laughs> friends with dogs. I'm like, yes, let them lick my hands and jump all over me. Let's see if I get an asthma attack and I want to die. It's like, oh my gosh, no. Because I really, so much of my body, I was able to just change. It's like mm-hmm. a new, anyway, it's, that's a whole other podcast, but I love what you're doing. I love, love what you're doing. I love that you're sharing it with the world. I'm glad I can kind of help be part of that. Um, now, do you also have a podcast? I do have a podcast. So go ahead and give us that. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So share with the audience your podcast. Do people want to just listen to you? <laughs> um, absolutely. My podcast is called Heal Yourself, Change Your Life. And basically what I do on it is I'll take people who are experiencing chronic pain and I show them how to shift it. And we just do it real time. So I take volunteers and, uh, and, and that's what we do. So people can actually see that it works because one of the things that I was frustrated with in my life is, is that it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to believe that you and have hope that you really can make it and really can do it. And so that's my mission has been about showing people the results. Like it really works. See, it really works. And so under the thermography or under whatever it is, I, I just want people to see that we are all so amazing. And it just going into the positive, feeling like a good person and identifying specifically what's bothering you instead of you know, uh, avoiding it, like really transforming it. And, um, I, I would say that that's, that's what's key is, is to instead, because a lot of times people will know that there's something off, there's some type of pain, there's some type of problem. And then we feel like we can't change it or we're stuck in it and, or we just have to bury it and keep going. But when we start to think in terms of law of attraction and we say, okay, well, wait a second, I have this problem that has X, Y, Z emotions to it. And instead of burying it or ignoring it or thinking that I can't change it, maybe I don't feel like I can change it in my life right now. But if I start changing the emotion towards it, that's when things start opening up. It's like, so 
So when people look at the outside first and go, yes, I'm in this situation and I'm stuck and then they feel more overwhelmed and the problem's there. It's like, you know what? Maybe there is no visible way yet. Notice what that emotion is. Start changing that. Start lifting your emotions and watch things start to change. And that's, that's when the magic happens. How to switch your default. That default thought is like yeah. really just flipping that switch. So your default thought is more optimistic, more is problem solving, more is seeing what is there versus what's seeing what's not there. Abundance yes. versus lack, love versus dark, right? Like, yeah, it's really switching that default where your mind goes. That's so that's can I, what you- And one more thing on that note, and I know we're- yeah. really, um, Go ahead. What a lot of a lot of people try to do just the thinking part, but what's key to remember is that thoughts don't drive emotions. Emotions drive thoughts. So kind of like this: if you're in love with somebody, you see all of the great things in them. If you're pissed off at somebody, you see every freaking sock they left on the floor in the wrong place. And so, <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's based purely. If you're feeling love towards it, if you just just had that most amazing romantic connection and somebody left a sock on the floor, you're like, I don't even care. If you just got pissed off at your partner for X, Y, Z, and they left a sock on the floor, it's like, they can't even get it into the basket. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so true. So they call the honeymoon period. Yeah. Yes. We're just so blissfully in love that nothing matters. Yeah. But even if somebody's, uh, if you're happy, and you go to take a drink of your tea or water or whatever, and you spill it on the front of you and you're really happy. You go, oh my God, it looks like I'm however years old and, and I still have a hole in my lip or I'm still learning how to drink or something like that. You kind of make a joke about it. But if you're, you're frustrated and everything's going wrong and you go to drink and you spill it, you go, oh my God, it's the worst thing in the world. And so what happens is if we think and we try to stay from a place of feeling negative and we're feeling negative, but we're just trying to think positive about that dang sock that they can't <laughs> even get in the basket, <laughs> um, then it doesn't work. But if we really start to just don't think as much and instead start to go into feelings with benefits, if we go into the feelings. So how do you really switch that? How do you switch that feeling? Like I'm pissed song. off. I don't want to feel pissed off. How do I switch that being Pissed off. Feeling. I would say songs. When you can't access higher emotion vibration, you just go, look, I'm going to play this song. I'm going to play I'm happy and I'm going to feel it as much <laughs> as I can. And you have to want to. And that's when I was listening to like, it's a beautiful day. I did not feel like it was a beautiful day, but I was like, I need to start feeling like it's a beautiful day because if life is going to feel about me the way I feel about it, then I've got to really start changing my feelings. And so that- yeah. I would not have gotten out of my situation if I didn't think emotions first overthinking. It's so true. A lot of times we're, when you, when you say you're trying to think, the more you try to think about what you're supposed to think about, you're obviously, not obviously, you're very often going, but don't think about that, but don't think about, think about this, but don't think about that. And the more yeah. you do that, it turns out you're actually thinking what you're not supposed to be thinking about because you are trying so hard not to think. Totally. So, Either that or you're like, how am I supposed to think positive about the freaking sock he missed from the laundry basket that was two feet away? Well, in a positive note, at least it's two feet away and it's close. I mean, it never really it doesn't works. Work. Right. You have to like, okay, like, whew, let's just break that cycle right now. And, <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or dance in our underwear to the best of our life. Whatever works. Right. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, there's so much. We can obviously go on and on and share so many stories, but thank you for sharing your time today, Brandy. It's really been a treat. 
Thank you. Um, Likewise, Michelle, you're lovely. You glow. And I love that we have so many things in common. It's just, it's beautiful. You're, it's just you're- so fun when you find a like-minded soul, right? You're like, right? I see you. I get you. This is great. Validation, you know, sisterhood <laughs> tribe. Um, all of the guys are included too. Not just yes. that. It's just a tribe. As ball. long as their socks made it in the basket. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Just joking. laughs> exactly. Um, well, let's move quickly then right yes. on to our mantra, our positive affirmation today. I try to end every show with something that somebody can say to themselves several times in a row, several times a day throughout the next week to just kind of raise their vibration a little bit in a positive way. So I like to let my guests pick. And today you're going to share yours. So go ahead and share it with the audience. Mine is, I'm a good person and I deserve a great life. And and you could even say, I'm a great person and I deserve a great life. And I have to say that is what I would have wanted going through mine. I had, because I was so injured and, and felt bad about being on disability and blah, 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 and all this stuff, like it was a spiral. And so if you can start bringing that in and feeling it, it's so true we all deserve a great life and that's you included. So the mantra for this week is I am a great person and I deserve a great life. It'll be in the show notes, write it on a sticky note. If you're walking or driving around right now, don't worry. It's there. I am a great person and I deserve a great life. Amen. It's so true. Yes, you totally, absolutely do. And you are a great person. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> ditto, ditto, ditto. And out to all of you out there listening. So again, thank you, Brandy, for being a guest and you lost me at Namaste. Michelle, Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, know that you're worthy, you're enough, you were born for a reason. I'm your host, Michelle Schoenfeld. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.